Welcome back to episode 31 of the Service Design Podcast. As always, we take the opportunity to speak to the winners of the Service Design Award, and today is the first of these episodes. And we're speaking with the winners of Best Cultural Change in Public Sector, Sarah Tunhaden from Innovation Guide, and Gunilla Gudmunds and Julia Orlanda from the City of Gothenburg. Innovation Guide is a project that aims to support and reinvigorate the Swedish public sector through service design. And it's really inspiring to hear how they, as a small team, have taught hundreds of people and indirectly involved tens of thousands of citizens. Good morning. We're joined by uh, several ladies from Sweden who have won the award, the Service Design Award, with their project from uh, Innovation Guide. Oh, I'm not. I'm going to leave the Swedish pronunciation uh, to you. Could you uh, please uh, introduce all of yourselves? Who do we have on the line today? Uh, let's start with you, Sarah. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I work as a service designer and a product manager at Innovationsguiden, or the Innovation Guide. And the Innovation Guide is a support tool for municipalities, country councils, and regions to help them work with service design by themselves. Great. And what about you, Julia? Yeah, my name is Julia Lander, and I work together with Gunilla Gudmunds here in Gothenburg City. And uh, we work with uh, innovation guide and service design and uh, trying to implement those methods in the Gothenburg City organization. It's great to have you both here. We always like it when we have uh, the two sides of the story uh, of a project. Sarah, could you maybe explain a little bit more of what the innovation guide uh, is? Yeah, the Innovation Guide is a support system, you can say, to help uh, municipalities, country councils and regions to be able to work with service design by themselves. And to do this, we have uh, different kind of tools. First of all, we have this digital platform with a step-by-step procedure that you can follow uh, with introduction movies and uh, templates to understand how to start to work with the service design mindset so it could be understand how you can involve your user to understand their needs and also how to co-create with your user so it's this digital platform but it's also like short courses we call it crash courses in service design and the development programs like eight month programs uh, where you apply uh, with a challenge and that you work for eight months from start to the end with uh, with your challenge to find new solutions. Mm-hmm. So is Innovation Guide a public organization or is this a, a private organization? Now we are part of SALA. Uh, it's the Swedish Association for Local Authorities and Regions. And it's a, it's a membership organization. So it's an organization where like municipalities and regions are, are members. So we have become a part of Solar. So in the beginning of the Innovation Guide, we were we started out as a pilot project, but now and um, Solar was our client, but now we have been a part of our our client organization. 
So does that mean that you were first coming from a service design consultancy uh, firm and then moved into this uh, organization or? No, we were never a consultancy. It was, uh, the pilot was actually a project that was run by Swede, like the Swedish Industrial Design Foundation. So, and Swede is, um, aims for helping both public sector and private sector to use design as a tool for develop uh, services. Okay, great. And Julia, when did you first uh, came into contact with the uh, Innovation Guide? We came to contact with the Innovation Guide for like two years ago. We uh, were uh, part of evaluating the, the methods with uh, Sara and Ulrika in Stockholm. So we had the opportunity to um, try the methods in a project uh, challenge that we had here in Gothenburg. Mm-hmm. And did your experience uh, trying it out also uh, have an effect on the program itself? Was it more like a, a pilot trying it out or were you already, was it already a fully matured progress? For, for us, it was a pilot project. Mm-hmm. How did you and your colleagues experience this, uh, this pilot project? Uh, how was it for you to go through this, uh, this process? We thought it was a, a really fantastic way of working that uh, you involve the users uh, from the beginning and that you cooperate with them throughout the whole process. And uh, yeah, we really find it very interesting and uh, wanted to start work this way in uh, Gothenburg City as well. Because we have done, uh, we have developed a lot of solutions, but uh, this is really a way of uh, getting to the possibility to uh, develop the right solutions by uh, involving the, the users. So I was wondering if you uh, tackled a specific uh, challenge when you started working with the innovation guide. Was there a certain topic um, that you guys chose in Gothenburg and uh, worked on for a couple of months? And uh, what kind of uh, topic was that? We knew that uh, those uh, parents who have uh, kids with disabilities, they do have a, a very much contact with the city and they have many contacts in the city. So we wanted to see if we could make the ordinary life easier for them. So that was our topic, to see if we we could do something to make it easier for them. And how did the Innovation Guide help you with that? What were specific tools you or methods you implemented through this guide? We went uh, the journey and um, the methods we used, we um, started to... um, to meet the users and we were having interviews with them and they, we also let them use these diaries and from that we then uh, got our insights. Then we worked with them together with um, employees in the, in the city and uh, from there everything ended up in uh, that we made like a prototype of... Uh, a website for those parents who have kids with um, special needs. That was the the solution. Mm-hmm. And has this uh, solution uh, been uh, implemented by now? And is there any way that you can see if uh, improvements have actually been made? We are still working on implementing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And how did the guide help you the most? What do you think was the most useful part of uh, the innovation guide to uh, help you in this uh, this process of developing a solution for uh, the parents with kids with special needs? Well, I think um, the most we were, as Julia said before, we were a member of this pilot project, and I think uh, what was very good that we had uh, also this coaching alongside. So we were not alone on this journey. We had these meetings in Stockholm and we also had our coach that was helping and guiding us all the way. And I think that was also very important for us. And Sarah, can you explain a little bit more about the coaching, how uh, you implemented it and how you supported uh, the different municipalities? Yeah, as uh, Gunilla and Julia says, like they were part of the, the pilot and the pilot then become the, the development programs. But what's happened is actually that 10 teams start at the same time and they get guided through like a process where you first have to define your challenge and then go out and explore and get to know your users. And then we teach like different methods like service safari, customer journey, interviews, observation. And then they do this focus um, step when they choose like what, what should we develop and then ideation and prototyping and the realization. So it's a step-by-step like service design process that they follow. But what we do in the development program that Jatibar was a part of is that we have, uh, during a period of eight months, we have three meeting or workshops in in Stockholm and the first meeting is in the start of the, of the process and one in the middle and one at the end and on this meeting we we introduce like first of all service design thinking but also methods that they can use and uh, then they are working on their own with their projects uh, at home but uh, all the time they have a coach connected to them and so they can uh, Skype with the coach and um, get feedback where they are at and also um, input like how could what what could we do next so they always have someone to to hold hand with during during the process i have a few more questions about innovation guide itself how many people are there in innovation guide at the moment is it just a couple of people that are working with the innovation guide. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the core here is now five mm-hmm. people. We are three full time mm-hmm. and uh, two part time. But if you look at how many teams that have done the development program, we are now mm-hmm. up in 140 teams that have finished the journey wow. that uh, Gunilla and Julia told you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were actually counting uh, this yesterday. Like, how many end users have been involved, even if it, there are like many different challenges. But we counted up to two thousand eight hundred end users have been involved during this three uh, period of, of three years. That's a real, uh, real domino effect, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and what we also do, like apart from the development programs, is uh, also that we have these crash courses where we train uh, service design for two days, like a real intense course where you get to understand the process from like defining a challenge to actually prototyping and go out in the city doing interviews and also ideate and go out and test prototyping. And that's something that we now are doing train-the-trainer courses 
in. So we, we train people in the municipalities or country councils to be able to hold these courses on their own. And Göteborg is also an example of that. So that's also interesting how they can they start to spread uh, service design as a, as a mindset and way of working. Yeah. So I'm curious about the logistics of this. So how, with just a small uh, team of people, do you get to uh, put what, 114 teams through this process? How does, how does that work practically? Yeah, practically. What we have is a, a coach network and because we, we think that if this should work, every team should have a coach. But we understand that just being three people here, it's, it's not going to work if we're coaching everyone. So what we have done is this uh, coach education. So you have like, um, if you know a service designer work in the public sector, but it could be in an authority or in a municipality or a country council, it doesn't really matter. But if you work in public sector and have knowledge about service design, we give them a coach education and also uh, connect them to one of the teams that are in the development program. So every team have a coach. And we also have this support system with the coaches so they can support each other if they get hard questions from their teams. And also that we, the innovation guide, support the coaches. So they all the time feel uh, safe in coaching others. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty impressive that with such a small team, you managed to reach so many people. And so what you already said was train the trainer, uh, coach education. But I also was wondering if involving uh, leadership and politicians is something uh, you take into account. That's something we also uh, work for local governments here in Belgium. And that's something we realize is a very important step as well. Uh, so I was wondering if you're also doing that. And if yes, uh, how are you dealing with uh, those decision makers? Yeah, we saw in the pilot that we did, like the first development program, that it was really uh, important for the leaders to be involved because otherwise it was hard for the team to actually uh, get the solution out in the organization. Uh, so therefore, we have... Um, a demand if you are applying to be a part of the development program, you should have a team, but you should also have a leader assigned to this that team to be able to have the mandate to make the team uh, get the, the right decisions uh, for uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. So they should be a part of the development program, but we also have a special like uh, leader training, uh, and it's it's. Uh, what we call uh, lead in uh, development. So it's a one-day training course uh, for leaders. And that's all about like, how do you build a, a culture of, of testing and how do you build a culture where you, a part of what you're doing is to involve your users. We have all the tr also tried out during this year uh, what we call eye-openers for uh, leaders and politicians. And it's a half-day like training day where, where you get introduced to what is service design. Uh, you do one practical, um, like you, tr you try out the service safari and interviews, and then we talk about the role of a leader or the role of the politician to to be able to to act in um, when we have this mindset in, in public sector. So how to enable this way of working. Mm -hmm 
question for, for Gunila and Julia. In your situation, could you talk a bit about leadership and how they were involved in the program? Were they in full support of this or did you also need to do some convincing about a different way of working? We had uh, some leaders, uh, important leaders involved from the beginning. So that was uh, really great and uh, very important for the process to continue. So uh, we had that. And uh, now that we in Gothenburg City are educating a lot of uh, our employees in uh, innovation guide and service design, uh, we have also uh, educated all our uh, leaders and some politicians in uh, innovation guide through this uh, eye-opener course that we just talked about. So we think it's very important, of course, to involve the the leaders. Yeah. No, I was wondering if if that's something recent. So the the leadership uh, really uh, believing in this design approach, and if that's something that has only happened in the last few years, or how has the evolution of that been? That's what I was curious about. Okay. I think that uh, if we should solve the challenges that the public sector has now and in the future with the welfare, it's very important to involve the using the users throughout the whole development process. And uh, I think that the leaders really understand that. But... Uh, it's one thing to understand it and uh, commit to it uh, than to really be able to practice it. Uh, that I think is a big challenge because it's a lot about uh, doing this together and that is um, uh, that we have to work uh, together in our organizations. And uh, that is, I think, uh, one of the big challenges to do this uh, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine it's a pretty big challenge as well to start doing these different kind of things because you, uh, of course, have your regular job that you also have to have to manage to finish that. How are you dealing with uh, with that, Julia and uh, Gunilla? How do you still do what you actually have to do from yeah, the couple of past years that was your regular job and then now also try to implement this new way of working in the organization. Me and Gunilla have uh, been working with developing the organizations in Gothenburg City uh, for a couple of years now. And uh, part of our job is to implement new methods, a new way of working uh, that uh, support this uh, way of thinking and uh, develop. So these are Mm -hmm. parts of our job is uh, to do this. Okay, and did did you see this uh, question or did this question get raised by other colleagues that they thought it was uh, some extra work or some different things that they didn't manage to combine with the stuff that they were already doing? Uh, yeah, it can be quite difficult sometimes because you do have a project and you are quite... Uh, you know how how you should uh, solve the problem and this is a kind of new way of working you don't really know what will be the outcome from the beginning and that's that's is a new way of thinking also so you have to work more in interactions and be more agile and uh, i think that is a challenge and it's a new um, it's also a new mindset 
that we have to develop. Uh, you have to be open-minded and stay curious and allow to make mistakes and have this allowing culture. And that is a big change in our organizations. Yeah. Is that something also, this new way of working, is it something people got a mandate uh, for in the organization? So that, uh, for example, uh, management say it's now allowed to make some changes. And if you have some evaluation of projects, that it's also really something which is okay to work in this kind of uh, way. Or how is it implemented in the culture of uh, of your organization? We are just trying to implement this and uh, I think it's um, getting more and more accepted because we can see uh, a lot of benefits with this way of working. And it's uh, it's also much more fun to work this way because you, uh, you have to be curious about your users and uh, you're doing this together. You uh, Together is better, as we used to say here. And you you get to know your users. You start to create a relationship to them and you get to understand their needs. And uh, uh, I think that makes the work much more meaningful. And uh, it's uh, much easier for us working this way to also uh, be able to uh, develop the right solutions that the user needs. And uh, that is also very satisfying for us. So I think... Uh, we are starting to see the benefits with this way of working and uh, and that's make it much easier to spread these uh, kind of methods in our organizations. For Sarah, the different teams that you have uh, been working with, did they all come to you with a, a question uh, to, to get the help or is, are there situations where they are, they are obliged to work with you? How does that work? When they work in the development programs, they always apply. Uh, so okay. they come to us uh, with the application and we also have uh, this demands that they should like uh, have a team, have a product leader, have a leader connected to them and that they should um, assign hours to work with this challenge and they should mm. tell us what, what the challenge is. Mm-hmm. And so that's already a good starting point, I think, that these are teams that, that want to do this. Mm-hmm. Do you nevertheless, is it always successful then? Do these teams always yeah, end up uh, working in a new way or is it sometimes, yeah, doesn't it work? Yeah, of course, like uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work because I, I think, um, but a lot has to do with the, uh, like we said before, like if the leaders support the process, it's much easier for, for the team to actually uh, work and know that they have support in their own organization. Uh, sometimes we see that uh, they, in the end, like in the end of the of the development program, choose not to uh, finish their solution, but they they see that now we should work in another way and we should start working with this instead. So we can see that they make choices from the knowledge that they gain, and some teams are more in it to actually learn a new way of working. But it, when it comes to finishing the uh, the development program we see that almost all the teams that have applied uh, are going through the development program mm-hmm. and are uh, uh, trying out uh, the the steps in the program but we have a lot of great uh, solutions as well that we now try to 
to spread by making like short movies so we can inspire others in this is a way that you can work and this is this is a solution and the solution itself could be spread but also the the mindset is are we, are we trying trying to help the uh, the teams and the municipalities to to spread to others Okay, because that's one thing I was wondering indeed, like I'm sure in each team, uh, really yeah, good things uh, happen, they get good ideas, different ways of working. Yeah, how do you make sure that, that the others can benefit of this? That's through the videos, are there different ways of sharing this knowledge? Yeah, I think that's that's something that we're working on right now. We want to be better at uh, supporting our teams to spread their solutions and spread how they have worked with it but what we also see now because it's like 140 teams that have been through the program we can also recommend them like if you are from a municipality and maybe we know another team from that municipality have worked in the same way or we know someone that is close by so we can also connect people to each other so they can use each other to um, inspire uh, in their own organization do you get what I mean? So, so they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's something uh, we we also see. Like we work for local governments here as well, and of course they have the same problems, the same uh, services that they offer to the citizens. So it's really valuable when they share uh, the knowledge uh, with each other, and it doesn't always have to be like exactly the same solution mm-hmm. because every city, every town is different. But still, they can learn so much and like. Uh, implementing a network that they can run from each other, I think would be super valuable here in Belgium as well. Yeah. And I think what we, one key that we see, one key factor is that they should own their own project. Like they should always feel that they are the owner of their solution and, and the process themselves. So they don't do it for our sake. They all the time do it for themselves. And, and then it becomes much easier to actually keep working with it even if they have uh, like stopped the, the program then they know that this is our solution and this is uh, it's we benefiting from doing this and as uh, uh, Julia said that it's create this engagement and my you, you find that this is a fun way of working and I think that in itself make it also you are proud of what you have done and and then it becomes more interesting to actually talk about uh, the solution and, and the process to spread it. Great. The topic of the conference was uh, implementation. And I uh, also read somewhere on your uh, description uh, about your project that that is often the hardest part uh, for governments. And I fully agree with that. Coming up with ideas uh, can be uh, quite easy in comparison to actually implementing it and making the change. How are you managing that part in the innovation guide? First of all, we try to help our teams to not think about like one process to come up with a solution and one other process to implement, to rather see the process in itself as a help to implement. So if you start thinking implementation when you're actually defining the challenge and you start thinking how can we involve people in the organization when we present like the result and the insights from the exploration phase so use the process in itself to involve other what would you call the people you work with 
colleagues. So, so if you use the process to all the time uh, present the insights and also invite people to be a part of ideation, invite people to prototype together with you, uh, then when you come to implementation, it doesn't really feel that it's a new chapter that is starting. It's, it's more that you as an organization feel that this is the right way to go. So by using the process in itself as the start of implementation rather than seeing that we're doing a project and then we try to implement the project. Mm-hmm. So now you've done uh, gone through the program uh, multiple times. Has there been, uh, has it changed? Have you really learned from the early versions and change the way you do it at the moment? What were the big learnings along the way? Yeah, I think we have all the time approached this as uh, like an iterative process that we learn from from every development program we do. Uh, we evaluate and uh, by coaching, we also uh, get to know a lot about what, what the team members understand and what is hard to understand. So we pick that up and then we try to make it easier in the next program. And then we try to make it easier in the next program. So we, we use the programs as new prototypes all the time. And I think uh, it becomes more and more refined, but we can we see it as we develop further and further. And also that we come up with new support, like new um, educations or new training programs when we see that something is missing. So now we have the development program, the crash course, the course for the leader, the eye-opener. But if we see that something more is needed, we add that. And also if we see that something isn't needed anymore, we we can take away that. So we, we, we see that our users, like the people in the municipalities and country councils, they get more and more mature and the understanding of service design are now higher. So we see that maybe we we need to all the time develop our support. Mm-hmm. So let's learn by doing as well. Yeah. But uh, if, of course, uh, you can, uh, so also in your process, it's uh, necessary to try out things. Maybe sometimes things doesn't work, don't work and you have to do it in a different way. But is there something that you would give as a tip uh, to people who are in a similar project? Like this would, would be really something that we... Uh, could have done different or this was something if i knew it beforehand i would do it in a in a different way to make a project more successful uh, yeah i've been thinking a lot about that question because i i think that by doing it the way we have done now we have learned uh, all the time and put it into the program so they develop but if i now like when i started have known that we would reach so many people uh, i would have thought differently in how to start to build networks from the beginning, for example, and also uh, how to spread solutions uh, from the beginning. This is something that we start working with now. But uh, if I had known how big it would be, I would have thought about it in the beginning to have like e- easy ways to, to spread uh, uh, solutions and easy way to, to connect to others. So yeah, do you think are there like digital solutions that that could really support this if they had been there from the start? If so, what what do they look uh, like? Yeah, I think for us, our next step is more digital solutions, and when it comes to maybe uh, web courses, but also to be able to do uh, education from Stockholm with someone in uh, up north in Sweden, and we can do it by s- Skype or some other 
video solution. But I think if we have starting started with that in the beginning, it would be hard to understand the content. I think by working the way we have been working, now we have a good understanding of what the content should be, and now we apply it in a digital way. So I don't know, even if we had the opportunity to work more digital in the beginning, I don't know if that would be good or if it's good that we have make this this way and really be close to our users and understand what they need to be able to work with service design in their own context and then we can take the step to put it into like web education and so on Mm -hmm. so what are the next steps uh, for you sarah yeah i think the next step because what we see what is a part of uh, like the obstacles now for the teams to be a part of like the development program is that we have a start like a a specific date where you should start and also that we are located in Stockholm so I think if we could be more flexible like to start the development program where you wanted to start and to make it as short and long as you want it to be like now with eight months but could have been six weeks or one and a half year and be possible to do it in your own municipality, not traveling to Stockholm. So that's why we now developing digital solutions to do the development program uh, in a digital way. We still have to see how to connect teams with each other and to have a close and personal contact. So I think that is something that we want to work with, how we do it digital, but still keep it really uh, personal. And uh, so it's more people to people then it's um, just a digital solution. So that's that's the next next step, and and also that we should continue developing our like train the trainer courses. So instead of us going out doing a lot of crash courses, we have uh, like local persons, uh, local hubs like Göteborg, uh, being able to do the uh, the crash courses and inspire others in their own organization. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. So what is the next step for you, Julia and Gunilla? What are you going to do uh, next with the Innovation Guide? Uh, our next step is uh, to also uh, have this development uh, program here in Gothenburg City. And we will start in uh, the beginning of February next year. And we already have a lot of uh, interested uh, innovation teams. They want to join us and uh, we will uh, continue this uh, development program as a pilot through six months. And uh, we are hoping that uh, uh, this will be something that we will continue to do here in Gothenburg to spread service design, spread the mindset and uh, spread the innovation guide. Mm-hmm. So now, of course, uh, we were talking because uh, you won the award. Could you uh, yeah, say what does that mean to you? Does it have an, an impact on how you can do your work? First of all, Sarah, I'm also curious, Gunilla and Julia, does that mean something for you? I think for us as a team, it means a lot because uh, you get some kind of uh, feedback and uh, applause from uh, your own, uh, like from the service design network and, and the, the service design um, uh, population, if you can say that. But I think for us, it was also really, really fun for all the 
teams and municipalities and country councils and regions that have worked with us uh, to see that we are doing this together because we see our role as being like a, a catalyst or a snowball just throwing up balls but then someone else have to to take them further to just see that this movement of spreading service design have started and so many hands and have have taken it further so uh, yeah i think for all of us that have been involved in this it's really rewarding mm-hmm. yeah, and it's great to see that you can take uh, service design in this way to the next level to really spread it out and to raise awareness within all sweden <laughs> i think is what you uh, what you did there so I think that's a very uh, inspiring case for a lot of other countries all over the world that are also uh, actually being confronted with the same uh, same challenges as, as you probably are. Great. So thanks a lot for speaking to us. I think this will be uh, super interesting for everyone to listen uh, to this episode. And congratulations again with winning the award. Yes, thank you very much. I think it indeed is very inspiring for other countries who are struggling with getting a service design spread out through uh, the different government bodies. So, uh, yeah, I think this will be uh, very welcome to all those people. Yes, so thanks for the interview and uh, good luck with uh, developing the innovation guide further in the future. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Service Design Podcast was brought to you by the Service Design Network and Night Moves. For more information, previous episodes, or to join the conversation, please visit servicedesignpodcast.com. For more information about the Service Design Network, visit service-design-network.org. And for Night Moves, visit nightmoves.be. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. The intro and outro music is from If the Stars Grow Dim Tonight, by Hydrogen C featuring I Will I Swear. Until next time.